To me, that was probably the most significant, the police, October 14th, 1979. I read that there were like 80 people here, but of course, it's kind of like Woodstock. Was you tell people about, oh yeah, I was there. <laughs> so you tell me, you'll have a little better perspective. Uh -huh. In 79, were the police very popular? Were they the police, or were they just starting out? They were just breaking out. Okay. This was, I think, pretty sure this was their first American tour. Oh, wow. And I've actually seen a... Uh, it's either in one of their music videos or it's a documentary where there's an 8mm clip of them on I-2059 and it shows the Tuscaloosa exit sign. So, uh, no so we did, they documented it, that they were here. <laughs> At so, least they did, yeah. Yeah. It, this may have been the smallest place they played. I don't, I don't know. I don't know who the promoter was, mm -hmm. but I know Mark Cobb has said he was here and he came to see the opening act. It was some kind of, it sounded like a... Sean Anna kind of group, you know, like the <laughs> 50s throwback. But Mark's one that told me, yeah, there were 80 people here, but everybody you talk to in town says they were here. So there would have been like <laughs> 20,000 people if they really were. Now, since I've been here, probably the turning point for bringing people in was when we brought Joan Baez. That was 8 a weekend, right? Yeah, it was April 11th. What was interesting was that weekend... Um, Alan Jackson was supposed to play at the stadium, at the football stadium, mm -hmm. and violinist, classical violinist, was supposed to play the T Tuscaloosa Symphony. Perlman? Ish Ishtak Perlman yeah. was supposed to play. Yeah. And what happened was both of those got canceled. Jackson got canceled because of some NCAA thing mm -hmm. that said, because they were giving tickets away or something. Yeah, to, I can't remember. And there was some kind of violation, so they canceled the entire show. Perlman canceled, and they had somebody fill in for them. Right. And we sold out. Sold out. Sold out. Joan Baez sold out. When you booked her, obviously that's ideally what you want every time for an oh, yeah. act like her. Yeah. But, I mean, did you anticipate a sellout realistically? I did. Yeah? You know, we went over a number of people. Judy Collins is one of the ones we considered for that show, hmm. uh, who's, of course, coming in September mm -hmm. for the 75th. But it worked out. Her routing, she was headed this way. She had an open date. They wanted to fill it in this location, you know, in this general vicinity. So it's... It worked out perfectly, and I worked my butt off getting sponsors. And one thing different now is at that time there weren't that many, there weren't that many things going on. And now we've got Cultural Arts Center, we've got you know Kentucks trying to raise money, to, so we're having you know it's a little a little tougher this time to get yeah. sponsors and to sell tickets. I mean, you know. so anyway, but that was a turning point. Once she played here. Now, I'd been here for five years, and I'd been trying to get sponsor, you know, get promoters to come in and do shows because the Arts Council doesn't have a, you know, a big pot of money to risk on a rock and roll show, or you know, big shows, big names. Right. And I couldn't even get them to call me back. You know, Red Mountain, uh, people in Nashville, and, you know, it's a, when I got here, I thought, it's a great venue. And it has history. Yeah, and it's good, you know, a thousand seats. There's certain things that fit. College town. Yeah, college yeah. town. But after this show, it's like a week later, Red Mountain Hall. And that's when they booked Drive by Trucker. I think it was them that fall. Mm -hmm. Nope, no, it was Ryan Adams. Mm -hmm. You can see that was yep. in October. Yep. That was the first show Red Mountain booked here. That sold out also. Drive by Truckers played the month before the first time, and that was with Southeastern Attractions. Mm -hmm. So we had two outside promoters right away. They called up, and since then, you know, it's been pretty steady. Yeah. So, Joan Baez was obviously pivotal to you, mm -hmm. and you saw when you when you came to the Bama Theater, you saw opportunity here mm -hmm. to bring special acts mm -hmm. 
and do special things in Tuscaloosa, but obviously you, you were met with, still met with budgetary challenges. Oh, yeah. And, you know, booking the right person at the right time, you have to be lucky in many cases. What about the theater to you really suggested that you could do that? Were you very familiar with the history of the theater at that point? I wasn't that much. Uh, people had told me about the police. That's the only show I knew that happened. They get, you know, that would always come up. You know the police plagiar. <laughs> yeah, I keep hearing that. But when I, been, when I started doing this, I started digging back. And if you'll notice, there was a 1976, I don't know who the promoter was, he brought in, within two months, he brought in Lily Tomlin, Leon Redbone, Robert Palmer, and Ry Cooter in the space of October and November in 1976. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I don't know, maybe he lost everything he owned in those four <laughs> shows, but that was a pretty great, for the time, I don't know, you were probably, what, four years old? In '76, yeah, I, was, even I was not born. Okay, no. you weren't even not, born. No, my dad, I didn't know how old you were. My dad was probably in college. My oh, that's parents right. Were probably in college at that yeah. point. And that this was in the area era, obviously, when like Memorial Coliseum was going pretty strong yeah, and right. booking musical acts where you had just big names. Oh, sure, coming you had constantly Stones coming in. Yeah, Zeppelin, Hendrix. Right. So maybe the Bama Theater back then sort of like reaped what sort of trickled down. Well, it was. I'm looking at. You know, I was. 25 at the time. I was playing music then, uh -huh. that time, full, almost full time. And these people were playing some of the venues in Atlanta where I was playing. The Great Southeast Music Hall, I know Leon Redbone played there in 76. Robert Palmer probably played at the Electric Ballroom in Atlanta, which was about the size of the Bama. It was uh, probably a thousand seats. Uh, Lily Tomlin, gosh. I don't know where she would have played in Atlanta. She could have done Symphony Hall. But these are all smaller than Coliseums. Right. Ry Cooter I saw at the Great Southeast Music Hall around this same time. So, you know, somebody had a, a good eye for who could fill the seats at the band. Well, you know, I look, I look at the recent acts since you came, for instance, and I feel like you and the folks with the Arts Council have done a great job in sort of reestablishing the Bama as a place that has potential for big name acts that play smaller venues, non-Coliseum venues, but you've also realized that potential because, I mean, you look at a name like Ryan Adams, that's when he was at the height of his popularity. It really, it really was. I mean, Amy was Mann is a Amy great Mann name. twice. Joe Baez that you've mentioned yeah. before and several of these other acts. So, I mean, do you foresee in the near future this mm -hmm. venue pulling those same kinds of acts? Can you do more or do the budgetary limitations that you've mentioned restrict you from doing more than you'd like to. Well, there's always that. Right. <laughs> but we've got a great director, Sandy Wolf, mm -hmm. who's very supportive. And as a musician, she knows what will work and what won't. And she's, you know, she's realistic, but she's also, she's enthusiastic about, about bringing really good, good acts to the band. The one other thing we're up against, Ben, is, as you know, we're a multi-purpose venue. We've got commitments with some of our resident companies, theater groups like the Actors Charitable Theater, Children's Theater, Community Dancers that book together probably eight to ten weeks solid every year. So that eliminates those weeks right away. And then we have other things that occur, that reoccur every year, but you know, they pay the bills and they sure. have a right to be here. We're a community theater. So we're kind of narrowed down when things happen 
it's like all the stars have to line up, even if it's an outside promoter. And we're all, you know we also do our movie series on Tuesday nights, but we pick Tuesday because that's a slow night. Mm-hmm. There aren't a lot of a lot of concerts that happen on Tuesday nights. We would take it, but the thing is, what I've always told people: if it's a band people want to see, if they booked it at ten o'clock on Sunday morning, their fans are going to show up. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't care. Whoops. Well, you know. I noticed that not on this list was a band that packed the place out, and I've talked mm-hmm. to you about it before. Uh-huh. And Pretty Lights mm-hmm. did well, and that's a band that has great appeal in a college community, mm-hmm. and it's a band that this venue can host. But why wouldn't you book more bands like that when you know that people will come? I mean, is there just too much risk involved? That's that's the the other thing, and I don't. I'll tell you up front when a promoter calls and I don't have an agenda mm-hmm. you know there's certain music I like right. but if, if I was booking people that I liked we'd go out of business <laughs> I mean, right. we would you know we wouldn't no, you know right. we'd be slim and I'll tell you up front Amy Mann was somebody I really wanted to bring here and I did that mm-hmm. that was on my agenda I confess mm-hmm. but you know that's done <laughs> so uh, but one of the things with Pretty Lights Financially, the grosses were good. Mm-hmm. We did well at the bar, but the damage to the theater outweighed what we made. Can you talk a little bit about what kind of damage was done? If you want, I'll tell you the other ones who won't be back. because That's of, fine. Okay, because it's kind of cumulative. Because uh-huh. I can't remember which damage was where. Right. Pretty Lights, Humphreys McGee. Mm-hmm. So far, that's it. And we're not going to book. There was one we had scheduled last year that didn't work out. I called them Simply Stupid, but that's not it. Slightly stupid. Slightly, yes. Slightly stupid. They won't. They won't be here. One thing is, we're ha- it's, you know, it's historic theater. We have to think about the building itself too. The murals downstairs. Uh, Ruth O'Connor is in the process of restoring those murals, and we can't take a chance on the damage that could occur with kids. And nothing against Pretty Lights. Nothing against. I think Humphreys McGee. The guys are really good musicians. Mm-hmm. But the crowd gets very, very rowdy. We had mainly broken seats. People stand on the seats at those shows. The pretty Lights was really, really bad. Mm-hmm. We had damage in both restrooms. Somebody kicked a hole in the wall in the upstairs bathroom with Pretty Lights. Um, and again, nothing against him. I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of that kind of music, but I cert- you know, if the crowd behaved themselves, I wouldn't care. Mm-hmm. It'd be great because mm-hmm. they we did, like I said, we did well at the bar, but. I'll also say with both of those shows, the bartenders all said they would not work here again if Pretty Lights played or Humphreys um, McGee because of the crowd, not because of the music, but the the crowd that was that attracted. We it seems so tricky when you're in in, in your position and the folks who mm-hmm. are on the board and are contributing mm-hmm. to trying to schedule good acts for the community mm-hmm. and get people here. It seems tricky picking out or just sort of coming up with an idea of what kind of artist suits the Bama Theater. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of different ideas. Obviously, mm-hmm. bands who play the Tuscaloosa Amphitheater can't always play the Bama right. Theater. That's clear. And Pretty Lights played there. Right, exactly. <laughs> and that was a good venue for him. Sure. Because people could stand up. Is it more of like a singer-songwriter venue? Is it more of like a band who's like on their second run in terms of like what kind of crowds they can bring in, or does it just depend case by case each time? It is. Time? It's really case by case. And I'll well, I'll tell you, Yonder Mountain. We haven't had you know their crowd could cross over to Humphreys McGee. I mean, 
not to lump everybody into a jam band right. vibe because Yonder Mountain's a lot different mm-hmm. than Humphreys McGee, but there is kind of an audience crossover. Mm-hmm. But we have we've had Yonder Mountain twice, I think, already, and we've had no problems with their crowd. So I'll bring them back until we do. You know, and it would if it's one person, you know, like we had a problem with one person, I'm not going to punish the whole class like the teacher used to do. Well, you know, and I know that Alabama Shakes played here they played recently. Here. And we had a problem with one guy uh, when we, they did the Tuscaloosa Get Up, but I'm not going to say, no, the Shakes can't play here because of one person. Right. But the problems I had with Pretty Lights and... Humphreys McGee were a lot of people. The last time Humphreys McGee played, there were 17 people ejected for smoking. That's one of my big beefs. You know, I, I understand people, even standing on seats, I don't want them to do it. But when you announce, you know, this is a start building, no smoking, please be courteous, and people still do it. It's, so you, that, was, that was 17 that we caught. <laughs> so you have it in mind that you want to book a band whose crowd you predict or know will respect the theater and respect the historic value of the theater. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to know, real fast, if you have a certain philosophy about the theater, about what it can be, what it is, what kind of acts you want to book, if you're a fan of the acts or not, is there a philosophy that you have going into each round, I guess, of picking artists or brainstorming who might come here? It's wide open. That I don't have any real prejudices against anything or... As I said, if I brought who I wanted, we'd go broke. <laughs> I try to, you know, and I talk to, to a lot of young people about what they like, who they think would do well, especially the people that we have a lot of part-time student employees downstairs, and I'm always picking their brains, as they say. Like, what's good? What are you guys listening to? Who's coming up? You know, what's on, you know, bubbling up, not quite broken yet? You know, that's one thing I go by, the barometer of what students would like to see you know, balanced against what we should have in the theater with a, with a crowd that will, will respect the theater. 